Welcome back to Beholder to No One, a TTRPG podcast. Today I'm here with Paul. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm here. <laughs> we're both alive. Uh, it is winter yeah. if you're listening to this in the summer, so it's cold where we're at. I mean, it's cold where I'm at. It's Florida where Nikki's at. Yeah, but it's, it's not... cold for Florida. Cold for Florida is nice for everywhere the fuck else. Actually, no, it's nice right now. It's in the 50s. Never mind. I take it yeah, back. It was are... cold for Florida. It was in the 30s. Uh, this morning. You, I, I cannot trust you. You have lied to me. This fucking discussion is over. <laughs> <laughs> it was 32 this morning. And I was uh-huh. like, that's when I start to get cold is, the, is like the mid to low 30s. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm cold now. I mean, okay, 30 stop. is legitimately cold. Like, let's be clear. It hasn't been 30 where I'm at for like a week. So it's much colder here. I think it's yes. 15 degrees out where I'm at right now. No, you thank go. you. That's Fahrenheit for all of our, our Celsius listeners. You can do the math. You can switch it up. 32 is zero. <laughs> 32 is zero. There's your baseline. Figure it out, Celsius users. Also, Kelvin users, if you use Kelvin. I don't know why you're using Kelvin, but you can use Kelvin. Yeah, I can't help you with that one. You gotta go I mean, Google that. I, I, I can, because I married a biochemist, and now I have to know all the ways temperature is taken. There you go. The more you know. <laughs> so we're here to have discussions today about the TTRPG space, from what I hear. Are we talking yes. about other stuff? We're talking about whatever the fuck we want. Okay. But but I, the one thing I know I would like you to talk about mm-hmm. is your new company. It's not just my company. Mm-hmm. It is a company well, I am part of. The company of. that you are part of. Is Apocrymatic Unlimited is a BIPOC collective that will be publishing a quarterly zine, hopefully starting in May, March with issue zero, May for our real first issue, about BIPOC people and their experiences inside the TTPRPG space. So there's going to be lots of, you know, how to handle bad Karens at your table, or here is the history of this particular story from the actual mm-hmm. pe- culture that wrote it, not white people who appropriated it. Because I don't know if you know this. White people appropriate shit in the TTRPG space. It's real weird. It's like most of the major producers of, of, of TTRPGs are white people who do white people shit. And don't need, I mean, is that what we're going to talk about all day? Because all day? I will talk about white people doing white nonsense for the next hour. I feel like you'll lose listeners because they'll be like, this is a racially charged podcast. We won't talk about that nonstop. No, but okay. uh, a little bit's okay. Mm-hmm. I was. I know that you were telling me about it at PAX U. I was overhearing you talk to other BIPOC members and inviting them to the to the zine. Zine? Zine? Zine. Zine. It's zine. Yeah, zine. I'm, I'm old. I, I say magazine and they're like, what are you talking about? Okay, it's a zine now, kids. All right, I will I will get with your new slang and your lingo. Fucking Zoomers. Oh. I feel like magazine and zine are two separate things, though. They are now. I mean, they really are. Zine, okay. is, zine is, it's how it's published. Like, it's how it's published, be it physical or digital and things like that. But yes, no, it's a it's a zine. But no, it's basically a place where we can, one, publish BIPOC people. Because there's this overarching issue that most of the writers in the TTRB space are white. And getting published as a BIPOC person is not that hard. And being able to pub- look to a zine and be like, hey, I've been published here, allows them to get jobs other places easier. It also gives them mm-hmm. places where, you know, it's a published source. So you can cite a source when you're talking about other things. That's all very important because the more BIPOC sources we have to look at, the better we can do things, educate things, engage with things. Right now, I'm doing a big part of helping manage stuff. I might be writing an article mm-hmm. in Issue Zero. I'm very up and down about it personally because I'm very militant. Um, not to say that the other people in the zine are not militant. There are some, there are some other people who are all about that, but like... I'm, I consider myself a pretty good speaker, and almost everything I want to speak on is not the best for, like, a zine translation. But we'll be rolling out other media sources. 
Uh, we'll be rolling mm -hmm. out a, a Twitch channel. We'll be doing some pre-recorded games. We'll be rolling out probably some YouTube interviews because we have an uh, anthropological person who wants to discuss like the history of a lot of these stories and these cultures that have been taken and used in this manner. And those things would require longer formats than yeah. a couple pages. <laughs> Magazine, correct. So there'll be some interviews. I might I might do some interviews as well about just because I have. I've had to make a very big stance because this is the TTRPG space. I assume everyone is already familiar with the concept of lines and veils, but I've had to have a very big like conversation about how lines and veils are not necessarily somewhere you want to put your conversations about bigotry. And that is because conversations about bigotry are not just a thing and depending on the stories you're playing in. If you're playing in a modern setting or a semi-modern setting or even a historical setting, Bigotry is going to be part of the game for people of color and how much they engage with that really needs to be determined up to them and white people need to be not putting things like, I won't want racism in this game. I'm like, that's, it's not about you. Because when you're saying you don't want racism in your lines and veils, you're saying you don't want BIPOC stories in your games. And like, I, I feel that's much better of more of a TED Talk type format than a, I'm going to write an article yeah. about it. But I might write an article on like how to deal with white comfort at your table because that's, that's the pillar of white supremacy I personally like to deconstruct. Because a lot of things are done for white comfort in the space we are in, especially in the TTRPG space. Like I said, we, you didn't want to talk about this for the next hour and a half, but I can. I, I, I legitimately can. <laughs> we have had that conversation for an hour and a half. Uh, good, good. Who, I'm pretty sure. I, now I want to go back and listen to that podcast. What episode is that? Now you have to tell me. No, no, I mean, you and I have just talked oh, just about you it and in I, general. Yes. You and I have talked about it. Yes. I thought maybe it was already on your podcast for an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, who else was on here? We have had some episodes where we discussed race in TTRPGs. Like we had Connie Chang on here about non-colonialism. And we've had Jeremy from Flea Black Halflings was on here and we discussed race with that. And there's been a couple of other episodes where race has come up and there's some episodes where like LGBT kids come up or chronic illness has come up. So we've touched based on a lot of the baseline. people who are affected in the space overall i will go listen to the connie episode because i have not i'm an awful i'm an awful guest i haven't listened to every single episode of your podcast i mean there's like 250 so i don't I blame you <laughs> i mean i did i did i did ashton's car podcast and they were surprised that i showed up and and watched all the cars movies and all the planes movies and watched all the on the road series about cars and discussed the canonicity of the cars universe and they were like you did like they were like wow you like dove into this i'm like i did the homework I was given an assignment and I did the homework. I'm Ashton has asked me to be a guest and I'm like, why though? I don't remember anything about cars and I am it. not going to rewatch it. No, you have to rewatch it. You have to rewatch it and you have to take the stance that Cars 2 is worse than Planes 2 because it is a fact. I'm just can I just take your word for it because I really don't want to watch it. You have to have a long like eventually I'm going to have a round table on this on this on this podcast to to to, to let Ashton know that like cuz Ashton sticks by the idea that planes 2 is worse than cars 2 and i'm like i disagree completely that's but we will go on a tangent for that for 45 minutes and i don't want to i don't want to just be a plug for another podcast on your podcast <laughs> no but you should go listen to that show in the car yes ashton has worked very hard on it and mm -hmm. has a lot of opinions about cars, cars. pixar mm -hmm. movie and, and ashton will get with lightning mcqueen if given the opportunity she will she will, will bang the shit out of that car <laughs> That's all you need to know about Ashton. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Ashton is part of the collective. I do love Ashton. Ashton is uh, Ashton is Latina and she is part of the collective, so. Yeah, she's great. I get to play with her on Fridays and Tuesdays on 2000 Tales Role Playing. 
I, I got to play with her okay. on High Shelf Collective in a game of Cyberpunk that was super fun. She was a turtle mom, so it was it was good times. Yeah. That still confuses me because usually other people have to play the mom for Ashton's antics. <laughs> well, Ashton still had antics. She just had a giant sea turtle that she stole. It was the she was the mom too, and then I was I apparently oh, had oh gotcha gotcha I apparently had big dad energy, and so Mary and I ended up being the mom and the dad of that group, and I have no idea how that really happened. That makes way more sense that Mary was the mom because that's who usually is the mom in our groups too. Mm-hmm. There was like one episode energy. I had to be. <laughs> there was one episode I had to play like mom basically, and I'm like, oh my god, this is exhausting. <laughs> Take it back! I don't want it. No, it can be fun. I apparently have big dad and big big bro energy in a lot of the games we play, which I guess is the worst thing. I'm very I can be very protective with my characters, like. Yeah, I th- I think Paladin is kind of like the big sister protector character because she is that person that will like go to bat for all of her friends and protect them no matter what. I need to play an irresponsible character. I feel that'll be awful for whatever group I am in, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> there we go. I mean, I'm doing it right now in, in the Lancer game, so have fun. Oh, let's be clear. you We will not discuss the great, great Lancer game that I am on. Which, if you're not familiar, you should be listening to another podcast called Responsive Omicron, which is great. It's great Lancer goodness. Nikki is recording for us right now, but that will not be up for a few months by the time this comes out, probably still. Because I assume this is probably going to come out well before your time in our Lancer game. This is coming out on the 16th. So well before you will show up at our Lancer continuity. (laughs) Yes. So no spoilers. No spoilers. But Nikki gets to go hear me and be a ridiculous uh, bad person not bad person four months from now you can hear about nikki getting thrown under the bus is what this is this is a four month thrown under the bus preview as somebody threw nikki under the bus i will not name names i'm not snitching this podcast that's all i'm saying find find out who threw nikki under the bus in four months fucking so much preview right there one of my most recent episodes i had a episode about self-worth and also like mental health was involved in it and we talked about burnout in that episode. Burnout is dangerous. Burnout is not fun. Nobody likes burnout. And there, I mean, we might, we did get some mental health people for the collective to discuss things like burnout and, you know, dealing with being in these white spaces all the time and things like that. That's really important to a degree is discussing people's mental health during all this stuff. We talked about burnout in that episode because for those who don't know, I am recovering from a very bad burnout from my own stupidity. Well... Stupidity is not the right word. My own over enthusiasm thoughts of needing over over enthusiasm and thoughts that I needed to do more mm-hmm. to make more money because I wasn't making enough money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually I did the math and I worked enough hours. So I re- track how much I work mm-hmm. in Clockify and I make sure to like keep track of how much did it take me on this one project so I can know your episodes take me significantly longer than this person's episodes. Mm-hmm. I might need to increase your pay, like the rate I charge you, because it does take me twice as long. Things like that. But originally it was to like, am I to track if I was doing enough work? Mm -hmm. And then it just became like a habit. And I looked back and from February 1st to September 1st, I took one day off. And that was to move, Mm. which doesn't count as a day off. Nope. And from January 1st through end of October... 
I worked enough hours to cover a full 41 hour work week every week for 52 weeks. Nice. That sounds awful. And yeah. And, and you could see when you look at the numbers, you could see where burnout hit. Cause like September, the numbers started to drop a little bit and October was a little bit worse. And, but then like November, December were just womp, womp. so low, so low. And I was like beating myself up about it for a bit. Like I'm slowly getting better about that. But someone who was sat at the floor with I you at karaoke, to... you can you it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just I'm still like recovering and I'm trying to like I minimized what I'm doing because I was doing too much. I stepped away from projects that were draining me, which I will not name names, but you already know who it is. I know all sorts um, of things. I am a vault of secrets. Yes. <laughs> and I'm trying to determine like what projects I'm removing. So for example, Beholder to no one is I'm not going to be doing one shots anymore on except for the paid advertisement ones mm. that I get from my patrons. And while I love the one shots, they're my favorite part. They're my favorite thing to do. They are so much work mm. to record or schedule, record, and then edit. And then I have a couple more episodes as of right the second of actual play content, mm. four more episodes of Adventure Academia. Mm. And then we have the cyberpunk series right after that, which that is the extent of what I'm going to say about the cyberpunk series. It's really fun. Because I haven't announced it anywhere else. I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. So I get to say that. It is really fun. If you want to hear more in my voice and see more of my face and be see me do more ridiculous stuff, I, I am in the cyberpunk series. Well, no face, but see at least hear more of your voice. Yes. I, ass- I assume there'll be an advertisement where my face is listed somewhere. I could be wrong, though. Um, that's fair, maybe. No, you're just going to put everybody else's face and block mine out. I see how it don't. <laughs> I usually do character art. That's why I said That is maybe. a maybe. I mean, my character will look very close to me. I like to play characters who look like me. I very seldom play characters who don't look semi like me. Oh, my character looks nothing like me. Really? You sure? We- you sure? I know, weird, right? You sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not a very tall, muscular beast of a woman. I mean, you get Marlo to pose for it. He's been working out. That's I could. That would work. Out to Marlo. But yeah, so Marlo those here. those are going to air still. I don't know if I'm going to do something after the Cyberpunk game is over for Beholder to No One, or just switch it to I only discussion episodes. I feel that the thing Dido is going to run would be great on Beholder to No One. I thought we wanted to stream. That. Are we streaming that? I don't know what we're doing there. We can do both. I don't know. That if we but if we do it on the podcast, I have to edit it. Oh, if we stream it, I don't have to edit it. I guess because I have forty episodes of stuff I need to edit still. All right, well let's that need to be uploaded. To so here's stuff. the deal: finish the forty episodes, and then we can record it as a stream, and then we can go back and edit it into a podcast if we like it. That I mean, I I feel that can be an ongoing forever series, the next thirty years. <laughs> that would be oh my god, that'd be so long. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though. Like, how many people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enough people by the end. Enough people by the end. I would never live that trope down, ever. It's your trope. Own it. For context. <laughs> no, no context theater. No context theater. No, for context. <laughs> Somebody. Okay, our, en- okay, uh, uh, our entire relationship is built on the fact that I have pointed out that Nikki's significant others die, become maimed, have their have their memories erased. So if you date Nikki in a TTRPG game, something bad will happen to you. Like drama, okay? You like drama. Like you will die. And I like romance, and it just so happens 
DMs keep going after those romance. So it turns out if you like drama and romance and you are dating Nikki in character, you die. And it turns out this has been confirmed by other people other than me. And we're standing around PAX and I turn and look Nikki in the windows of her soul. And I'm like, hey, we can totally run a game <laughs> where everybody plays somebody who's in a poly relationship with you because that can't go horribly wrong. And literally within three <laughs> and, minutes of me pitching this idea, we had a DM in a full game. Everybody's like, fuck yeah, let's yep. do that. I love I love how Holly's like, I get to date Nikki? Awesome. Yeah. And me twice, apparently. Nikki, me twice. This has become the beholder harem concept, which is just, it's going to go well. Nothing bad could possibly happen. And then when I brought it up to other friends, they're like, can we play backup characters? And I'm like, what is going to happen? As as relationships die, new relationships mm -hmm. join. It's just a never-ending cycle of It's never-ending. It's the never-ending. It's the Tenchi Muyo of TTRPGs that should date me right there. Old school space harem anime. The fact that I understand that reference and I don't watch anime makes it also dates me a little oh, there bit. There you go. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen a couple episodes of that. But yeah, so that is a plan for after Cyberpunk. I don't know if it's going to be here or if it's going to be on a stream, but keep an eye out on Boulder to No One to mm -hmm. Twitter and you'll find out. How, and how, how, how wonderfully too. awful this will go. It's, it's going to be interesting and I'm going to be embarrassed a lot. Well, you, you are the protagonist, so. <laughs> yes. Protagoon right here. Yeah. It's going to be interesting as fuck. Honestly, there are so many ideas that I have right now. It's not even funny. Like, I know that you and I have talked about at least two. I ideas, have. Uh, or one. I, 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 I'm going to pitch this to you now that we're here and we're just dumb. To, now our podcast is turned into pitch mode, which is fine. I go ahead. and yeah, No, the one you have pitched to me is really good. And I think Beacon will work really well for that, by the way. We've been playtesting the shit out of Beacon. I do. I really want to do that. Well, I really want to. I just don't know how. Yeah, I can help you with that. I got you. Got you, boo. Makes complete sense. I, I can make it make complete sense. Like, yes, yeah, so, you know, the one you've pitched to me is really good. I can talk off stream about that. I have been pitching around... I want to run an Esper Genesis game of space exploration that gets real dark after about, like, the fifth or sixth episode. I just, the problem is I don't know if I want to do it as an ongoing series and where I would do it, or if I want to do it as, like, a, like, stream. I don't know. I want to do something with it. And then... Yeah. That's, that's really the problem. Like, a lot of the ideas that I end up getting, I'm like, okay, is this a short-term thing or is this, like, a long-term yeah. thing? But I think, that's the, I think that's the place for TTRPGs right now. I mean, you can do a long-term thing set up in short-term spurts, but this is, like, a legitimate, like... I don't tend to do longer projects, personally. Like, I've been really thinking about five to seven session projects. I just got done running, like, a non-streamed Lancer game for some people who really enjoyed it, and, it, and now we're probably going to do a second run of that that's going to be between five and seven that will probably go into a third season because somebody wants to do something crazy during the second season and ignore some messages. And I'm like, don't do that. That's bad. That's really bad. But what if I just ignored everything? And I'm like, bold move, Cotton. We're, we're going to see how that works out for you because you're not controlling your narrative right now and you have to control your narrative. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and that, and that happened with, with us too when we recorded the um, Cyberpunk game, which I'm going to re-release properly after the new year on youtube i Four. think but because i wrote at least the first two episodes mm -hmm. and then didn't release three and four because pax you happened and then holidays happened and there was also just like, an nope. issue of it seemed that you were saying that every time you were releasing it everybody else who was playing was already someplace else doing something else so like you were 
Yeah, I need to change the so release we were, with, we were quite legitimately competing with ourselves. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to re-release that. And I know we discussed that we wanted to do a part two of that, which is on my calendar to ask about on the 6th, actually. <laughs> but there's that. And then somebody left a comment. Uh, Michael Schofield left a comment on one of my posts when I was looking for people for this year or for 2023, I posted that I was looking for guests for the show because I literally had you and Fen, and that was the last people on my list from last year that I had planned for. And because of the burnout, I hadn't reached out to literally anybody else. I'm just like, nope, I'm, I'm out, of out of people. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the, here's the funny part. Like, now that you've got me and you want more people to talk about Apocrymatic, I can just be like, hey, this person's putting out a podcast. Uh, do we all want to do the podcast one at a time and talk about this project? what it means to us individually because you know you could help be a good ally and boost all of our very brown voices i could and i do intend on boosting okay. bipoc voices i know that i have i do keep track of that when i'm looking mm -hmm. at my schedule to make sure that i because the people who i don't ask that question specifically on my didn't ask that question on my forum but i know most of the people mm -hmm. who applied and i was like i made sure there was a at least one person a month because there was a lot of white people on my list you, this is gonna sound really funny have you interviewed wombat yet no i don't think so i'm pretty sure i have not. Okay, no yes, yes, I did. Did. Yes, I okay. yes i did yes i did okay okay you sure because that's funnier to yes. me because wombat is how i ended up in that project is that one day of being like in chat with you with wombat that is how that happened yeah wombat is one of my clients for editing and uh yeah he was on the show i forget what we talked about but that's because i have a bad memory there you go making the monsters in your ttrpg game your own so he talked about or taking monsters and like tweaking them to fit the story better or to uh, make them more interesting or just like keep the same concepts but change a little bit so like i remember i brought up a hag that i made for a christmas game then i made her like a little mm -hmm. old lady and she had knitting needles instead of claws type <laughs> That's of vibe. That's pretty good. Yeah. She was fun. But yeah. That, so yeah, he's been on the show. I've had quite a few guests. And I'm actually thinking I'm above 100 guests nice. that I've had on the show. Uh, yeah, I am above 100 guests. But mm -hmm. yes, I would love to do that for 100%. So Michael Schofield, he posted, he shared that. He, he quote tweeted it. And he said that he's been listening to the podcast and that I have a soothing radio voice. And I'm like, I'll take soothing voice. Sure. And he's like, no, seriously, you, what was the, what was the word he worded it? It was like the way he said it. That was like, what? I'll get, I'll, I'll see if Mark J can come do on your voice. He's got, that man's got audible chocolate. I, I, that man has a voice. He's got, he's got the good deep baritone, like just classic, just deep voice. Like, but yeah, I, I have worked hard on my Midwest radio announcer accent slash strip club dj that's why i don't think i have a personally soothing voice because i find my voice annoying but i think a lot of people find that is so true i find my voice pretty annoying no your voice is very your voice is very like you do a lot of AMS, asmr stuff if you wanted to just just read the phone book at people i would just be annoyed <laughs> at myself if i did that six seven one nine 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 seven and now we will talk about uh the phone number of auto parts <laughs> advanced <laughs> anyway so he said you've got a cyberpunk nighttime radio hour voice happening i feel like you could do a whole audio drama as if all the subscribers are listeners in this world and then i was like why the fuck do i want to do a, a nighttime radio hour cyberpunk vibe 
audio drama mm-hmm. now. God damn it. <laughs> and I might already have four people interested. In working there you go. For- I mean, that's not a bad way to go. That's a pretty solid one. I just, it's, I think we'll talk about it after, but I'm just like so excited. I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. Why? I don't, I have too many ideas already in my head. Yeah. Stop well, that, it. Is, that is one of the problems. Like, that is one of the issues is you like, you get hit with a new idea. Like I said, like, I have a thing starting in January where like rehashing another season of stuff. And then I have like, I kind of have this long term project and I'm like, I've just got things and I just want to be like, all these things are so cool. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely a really yeah. neat project, like project after project. And like, but that's the thing that dealing with burnout is like, you have to manage those projects better. Like, not you personally, just like you have to be like, what things am I actually passionate about? Like, and what things am I like, is this a fleeting thing? Because you and I discussed this idea I had for like a, a steampunk Victorian era Shadowrun-esque game. And I'm like, this was an idea that didn't turn into anything, but it was a good idea on paper. Yeah, I've I've had a couple of those where like at the time I was like, yes, this is so much fun. But like as I look back, I'm like, eh. It was an idea on paper. It worked on paper. There's another one like Fen and I had an idea for like a talk show from when we first started talking and, and we finally sat down to like write it out it became a very oh. serious talk show and now we're both like we are not in the mental space That's for that <laughs> like let's just put this on hiatus for a nope. while let's not do that right now i know i've been i've been i've been kicking around esper genesis ideas which is by a bipod created 5e game ish so if you're like you like your you like your uh your space adventures go check out some e, some, some eg but Esper, like, I've been kicking around that idea for a hot second, and I really think I might, I don't know. Like I said, we were discussing ideas, and I'm like, but I kind of want to do it. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I feel like we're I so might. We're so rambly. I feel like we're so rambly. Oh, That's excellent. the show. It's fine. <laughs> That's basically all I do is ramble and go on tangents. It was hilarious with Soul because he, like, actually kept redirecting me back to the mm-hmm. topic. <laughs> like, oh, you're fine. Right, I just die. I'm not I'm the here. person. I am and not the person to redirect topics because I will just fall down that rabbit hole with you. I'm like, oh, we should totally discuss fucking coal and how it's awful for the environment. Also, and how in TTRPG spaces, mining is not presented as dangerously as it really is in the real world. We should totally run a mining campaign that hyper specializes in mining. I'm going to pass on that wonderful <laughs> opportunity. Don't wanna, you don't want to play fucking Zoolander in the mine and be like, I've got the black lung pop. <laughs> No, that does not sound entertaining in any way. But yes, the ideas are so many. Like I I had an idea for a, I became very obsessed with one song specifically. It's called Villains Aren't Aren't Born, They're Made by Peggy. And it's a very entertaining song for me. And it became my number one song, even though it didn't come out Mm. till like September. That's how much I listened to it. That's a lot of listening. Yeah, uh, but I really enjoyed the song, and when I listened to it, I wanted. I had the idea for like a full female villain era uh, type of podcast, and I got people who were interested in it, and then it just never kind of went anywhere because like the idea died off, and then the other idea came up with the renegade paragon thing, and I'm like, now I'm hyper focused on this idea, and then that one actually got more developed and detailed. And I kind of got, like, I'm still obsessed with the idea. I didn't have the energy to put towards it at the moment, at the you time. Hung, you hung on to that one as opposed to the other one which faded away. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it, it's, it does suck sometimes because, like, there are games that I've played that I loved at the time of recording them. Like, the, the show has had officially three actual plays. There was Behold Clearlight, mm-hmm. which I adored. And Behold Clearlight was supposed to be a long-term, was supposed to be the, the long-term actual play for the show. The mm-hmm. DM, Ryan had intended for it to be significantly longer it was a dark world where beyond the city was just mist and nobody knew what was out there but it was dangerous and a group of people were put together to go explore to see if they could find out answers unfortunately fortunately one player got a new job but unfortunately it meant they weren't available readily anymore for recording because they worked nights and then the DM got a new house and was like, I have more responsibilities now. I don't have time to focus on this and my other game. And mm-hmm. we had to wrap it up significantly faster than we had originally intended to. So mm-hmm. I loved that game, though. It was a lot of fun. And it got 26 episodes. And then after that, we did Morning Blues and... I think that could have been a very fun game if it continued. The cast was very chaotic. My character was extremely chaotic. And it could have gone to some very interesting and questionable probably places, uh, depending on how dark we wanted to go. And questionable. Yeah, my character was a... She was actually based off of a character from... An NPC from Bold Clearlight that was found, who was from the Shadow Realm. And... I decided that I didn't want her to be the only Shadow Realm and uh, race playable race, which was is the Shadow Kai. So I made her sh- a Shadow Swift, which is from three point five. But I found like a different rendition of it. Not familiar. That wasn't as hideous looking because <laughs> the Shadow Swifts are ugly as fuck if you Google them. And she didn't know what she was because she was the only one of her kind in mm-hmm. in that world that she had at least met. And she was a rogue and then she went to the shadow realm and met like got lost and found herself at the forgotten prince's kingdom where all lost things go and he became her warlock patron oh well, yeah why wouldn't he well, of course because he i mean warlock rogue is warlock rogue is a fun build anyway if you're doing it in a particular way it's a super fun build. it really is especially with shadow swift because shadow swift had a like she can literally just pop in and out of shadows and she had AD, she has ADHD, so she like would literally when she was going, she go pop 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 pop, <laughs> just like pop behind someone, put some co- coins on the table, steal an apple, to, she paid for it, and then pop over somewhere else and drop the apple in someone's lap and then pop away. And people just like really confused. But mm-hmm. the character story, I gave the DM who was Adam. Uh, or returns uh, Snyder returns permission mm-hmm. to go dark if he wanted to because I could see the Forgotten Prince becoming hyper obsessive with the only humanoid creature finding their way to his kingdom and giving her powers to help her survive but in actuality he wanted to make her stronger so he could eventually convince her possibly not convince but convince her to become his queen mm-hmm. which manipulate yes and we played on it a little bit, like we touched on it because the character was very naive. And she's like, oh, yeah, he can make people forget things. It's really funny. Like, I could just do something wrong and be like, hey, can you make him forget that I did that thing? And he would forget. And like all the other characters are like, um, has have you ever done that That's to dangerous. us? And like, no, of course not. And like, has he ever done that to you? <laughs> do you hear them? Like, they think he'd do that to me. That's hilarious, right? You never do that to me. I know. And 
she was just like happily oblivious mm -hmm. and it could go a very dark route if if we wanted it yeah. to and i was like tiptoeing that line because i was curious how it would play out having having gotten to play with schneider's return like he is very fun to play with. I've not actually been in have the pleasure of being DM, have being in a game where he is DM, DM, GM'd or ST'd, whichever whichever setup you prefer. I prefer ST personally, as we all know. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate that. I did appreciate that, by the way, when we were at PAX, a friend of friend of our mutual friend of ours was like ST of storyteller. Nikki just looked at him as storyteller. Some people call them storytellers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. I don't have to explain. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> I do, I'm not a big fan of the DM or GM. I'm very Killer Mike on Kill Your Masters, so I like a lot of people who storytell for me, so I just don't want to kill them, so I, they're my storytellers and not my GMs or DMs. Yeah, I started using GM more than anything, but um, I switch between GM and storyteller now. I don't use Dungeon Master anymore at all uh, because I'm not playing D&D mostly anymore. Like, right now, I'm not in any D&D games. I was in, like, half of my games were D&D, but all the games that I dropped were my D&D ones. I think D and D is a great starter game, but I think there are so many other games out there that once you can see the plethora of other games in front of you, D and D becomes oh a thing I can fall back on. Like as a th as a game, I don't think there's anything innately okay as an introductory to tabletop RPGs. I do not think there's anything innately wrong with Dungeons and Dragons, but once you start to dissect the history of Dungeons and Dragons and what it is and what it has done and what it has and hasn't taken responsibility for. That's a very different conversation. Yeah. There's so many other games out there that you're like, D&D &D is like, oh, this is what ice cream tastes like? Wait a second. There's a million different flavors of ice cream and multiple different ice cream shops and multiple different ways to make ice cream? Holy fucking shit. I don't want vanilla <laughs> regular ass ice cream anymore. You, you, you mean there's a French press way to make ice cream and another way to make ice cream? Shit, yeah. Give me some of that. I think that's really my relationship with Dungeons and Dragons at this point in time. Yeah, my just that. My my thing I'm is sorry. that like I've been playing D and D for nineteen years, twenty years now, and I'm kind of bored of most of the storylines. Like, I don't like the modules anymore because they're predictable, oh, I've or I've modules. started them already and never finished them. Ugh. I've I've never liked modules, but that's because I have a hatred for box text and railroading. Like, that's her. I can't count how many times that somebody's like, and then the NP, I stabbed them, but they're about to tell you that I don't give a shit. Like, I don't have time for the, I shank this fool and watch him bleed. I think modules can work with a good storyteller. If the storyteller, because they're like, I had one storyteller who was doing a module and I literally did not know they were doing a module. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like a Wizard of the Coast module and they didn't make it feel like a module because it wasn't railroady. We had lots of, like, side things that we did, lots of side quests. They were able to adapt the baseline of the module into something that was not a module. Correct. And and that's fine. And those are the types of games that I enjoy when it doesn't feel like a module or, it, like, it's more open world. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten to the point where I, when I play D&D, I literally have to play something that is homebrew now because I've just done everything else and I'm bored. So then I just said, why not play other games? Hello, sorry for the interruption here, but I wanted to give you a advertisement for one of our friends in the tabletop community. Please give it a listen and go check them out. The secret city. The atomic city. The city behind a fence. 
A grudge goes by many names, and it is proof of what happens when man messes with things they do not understand. The side effects of mixing little understood science with ancient mysteries reach farther than anyone realizes in this small town. And those mysteries are about to come to a head. Tempest Multi is a southern gothic reality-twisting mystery powered by the apocalypse. Listeners beware, there be monsters here. Now, back to the show. I'm weird. I don't play that much homebrew. Like when I play, I like to keep it by the book, weirdly enough, and be like. But I'm a, I'm a mechanics person. For for those of you who don't know me, which is probably a lot of your listeners, unless they've been following me at which point in time. Stop. That's weird. It's creepy. Don't do it. I mean, you can follow me, but don't like follow me. Follow me. Um, like don't send me pics or anything. That's weird. <laughs> I might be a little bit of a mechanics person, and by a little bit, that's what I do for side money is I break mechanics for companies um and just just a little little bit a little bit and I have found that most homebrew is not usually well balanced it's usually very poorly balanced um that is not to say that companies who put out their own material like that's that's the difference how do you define homebrew I guess I guess we should probably ask that question what do you define as homebrew like you wrote up something of your own or you talking third party because when you say homebrew I think homebrew homebrew not third party book Mine is usually a third party or like something that someone made on D&D Beyond and I get it approved by the DM first. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I'm like, yeah, third party is so-so if everybody has access to third party. If if I find some shit on D&D Beyond that somebody wrote up, I'm like, nope, not even touching that, not messing with it. There's something that's probably not balanced here. There's something that once I find it, I'm like, I deal 180,000 damage in, in, in an action. Yeah, I think for me, it's because I purposely don't want to play a broken character. So if I find something that is broken, I won't play it or I'll tweak it to fit the aesthetic that I want. It's mostly just for flavor. So like the Shadow Swift, for example, mechanically, there was a 3.5 version. There's not a mechanical 3.5 or 5th edition version. Somebody made a version of it. And um, I was like, this is fun. And, And it can be a little broken with certain things, but... Like their like their shadow a teleportation ability, that can be very broken, but I use it for flavor more than anything. Like very occasionally she would use it in combat, but usually it was like for her ADHD hyper jumping type of thing was more what she used it for. Mm. Um, and then for the other things I use is for subclasses, and it's really again just for flavor, like. Mm-hmm. I played a sorceress of Yogg-Sothoth and I used the Yogg-Sothoth sorcery subclass in Cthulhu Mythos, but it was so boring. Like it just, <laughs> I hated, like I hated all of the subclasses. Everybody who, every subclass that we played at that table, we did not like in that book. Cthulhu Mythos is a decent book, but I did not like the subclasses personally. So we kept the concept of Cthulhu, uh, her being the granddaughter of Yogg-Sothoth and like the sorceress of Yogg-Sothoth. But I then found a homebrew of a tarot card sorcerer because she used tarot cards personally and just played around with that instead. And it didn't break it too much. I still did the same things. I just got like an extra D4 of damage or something here or there. And that was really enjoy You enjoy reflavoring and flavor. I'm like, if A plus B equals C, then I will deal 136 damage this turn. Mm-hmm why hooper gets frustrated with me and doesn't like to play with me but <laughs> yes because of that like i stopped like playing most D games or i would 
if I ran a game, I would make it so combined with like six, seven different sources that it wasn't D&D anymore, really. Just the like the rolled mechanics of it. That's super fair. No, I, I want to run an EG game pretty badly just because I like science fiction and I want to see, because I've only got to play around with EG in like a theoretical sense. Like I haven't gotten to run, to run a long-term table. And for you who don't know Esper Genesis, I mentioned it earlier, but it is kind of a reskin of 5e, but it is very science. They might have one of the coolest uh, equipment systems I've ever seen. Basically deals with the fact that you can basically slot up your equipment as you get it. So like you're not replacing your heavy armor, you're upgrading your heavy armor periodically throughout the entire game. So it deal does more things, and it has a cool customization mechanics. Like you're you're taking your laser rifle and you're making it your laser rifle, and you're upgrading it out throughout the game with more effects. So like that's how their game worked really well. But I I definitely want to take it through some different genres because I feel that that's a different thing that like. Some games are built around their genre. Like, mm-hmm. have you played the Alien game or the Alien? I say Alien game because they have an Aliens Colonial Marine supplement, and it's not Aliens; it's Alien Marines in it. It makes me sad. I have not. I think I've played one Alien game, but I don't think it's the same one. So that system is designed to be a horror game. Like, the more and more stress you get from the horror, the more and more things can go along with the dice you roll. And it, like, breaks up your dice pool into, like, things that are horrific and not horrific. And it's it's a neat system, but it is very much a horror system. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, you taking a game like, like Cult, which can be horror, but also has the ability to not just be a horror game. Like, Cult has some things you can do with it that don't make it just a horror game. I did run an SCP Cult game for some people that was super fun on stream. Uh, back in the day that was super was super neat um, i've only played cult once and mm-hmm. it was interesting cult. cult has a lot of interesting like ability to do some stuff is how i feel about cult i think it's a great foundational game and if you don't want to play the horror elements in it you don't have to which is always a good system because i spend a lot of time looking at systems i'm not gonna lie my current favorite system as it has been for a long time has been right now has been lancer and i've been playtesting beacon um which is kind of a, a fantasy reskin of lancer with a little bit of a different initiative system and i've really enjoyed that i think that game has a lot of potential under it as a as a combat system mm-hmm. for, for 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 point of entrance we've been playtesting and a combat as balanced per the way the combat should work Combats take about 45 minutes to an hour on a full tactical map, which is really nice. And the flow of combat is such that we're not talking like, oh, one or two rounds. It is six rounds in about an hour with three players and and the, and the appropriate loadout, which means it'll probably shoot up a little bit more with four or five players, give or take. Mm-hmm. Like, overall, that's a pretty solid thing, and the flow of combat is kept. It's one of the systems I've seen... They use a different alternative initiative system that is basically, like, different actions happen in different phases of the initiative order. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do a thing, you know when you're going to go, and then it alternates between NPCs and players back and forth, so nobody ever rolls initiative. So that's really nice, mm-hmm. but it works really well for, like, the flow of combat. Every, every combat we've run, none of it has felt like people don't know what they're doing. People, like, people built their characters to do a thing... And so they know what initiative order they're going on. 
there's very little decision paralysis, which I think is a huge issue in some systems when it comes to things. Mm-hmm. I think that might be one of my biggest gripes with with five fifth edition isn't that there is so much to do that is as the game progresses in level, certain classes get hit with decision paralysis. It's like I, I could do this cast- or I could do this or, or oh this. you move yeah. now I have to change mm-hmm. my mind. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I think a lot of your casting classes may have decision paralysis issues. I think a lot of your martial classes are like, I fucking stab this person because that's what I'm built to do. I think your your warlocks and your bards are usually pretty easy because they're CCs or direct damage classes. But I think clerics, wizards, sorks can all have decision paralysis issues. And that can be very overwhelming for people who get into these types of games because they're like, well, I have so many options. What is the right option? And like, there isn't a right option. Just cast your spell. Like... Pick a sp- either decide to deal damage or decide to CC or decide to heal. Those are your really three options. I don't think there's a wrong one. I think it's the with D and D. It sucks when you like spent your you spent the last like fifteen minutes as everybody else is taking their turn planning what you wanted to do, and it's like okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna put all the points in this. I'm gonna cast it. I'm gonna twin it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be perfect. And they counterspelled it. God damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, your entire turn is ruined or, like, they roll really high and or they have a legendary resistance and it, uh, just, like... Yeah, I can't say that. Like, I think games like Beacon and Lancer, because Lancer is my, my, my favorite game right now, do away with some of the decision paralysis stuff. Either I'm hitting you with my sword <laughs> or I'm hacking your frame because that's what I'm built to do or I'm shooting you with my, my gun. Like, those are my three options. And I do one of those three things. Yeah. <laughs> like... That's that's it. I don't have to worry about anything else I'm doing here. I'm doing one of these three things. Call it a goddamn day. Yes, I giant robots. Who doesn't like? Gi- I also just love science fiction over fantasy, and I think that's just that's. I actually had this conversation with a lot of BIPOC folks about the fact that like science fiction over fantasy. A lot of us feel more comfortable in that space because science fiction usually has an air of hope to it. It, it has an air. A lot of science fiction settings, not all of them. But a lot of them have that air of hope of like things got better and we've moved past how we're going to treat people in the current age and the current era. So a lot of those ingrained problems that come along with fantasy settings, which are usually based on really European tropes, just aren't there. They're not in the background because like that's just a thing that I think a lot of white players are aware of is like a lot of these fantasy games are based on Tolkien and European medieval tropes. And all of those things are very white things. So there's an error of whiteness that goes along with that. But science fiction settings can be based off of anything, a lot like progressive moving forward stuff. Like when you look at, you know, what characters look like in sci-fi, you can usually turn to a sci-fi setting and see a level of inclusivity. Like you can turn to almost any sci-fi medium and be like, that's somebody that looks like me. That's awesome. Yeah, I like over the last couple of years specifically, but um, I've always enjoyed sci-fi. I grew up watching Star Trek with my dad. And then when I got older and rewatched it, I just fell in love with it even more. But I've always leaned more towards science fiction than fantasy. I enjoyed some fantasy books, but I always preferred like modern fantasy over like regular fantasy. And that's probably because there was still like technological advances happening, even if mm-hmm. the people so- like Dresden Files, for example, couldn't use the technology. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that aspect. But sci-fi specifically, I found myself leaning more towards those types of games and getting more excited about those types of games because of the Legit. options and opportunities that it had and like mm-hmm. the fun twists that could could happen. And you just, you don't have any pre-assumptions to what is going to happen because it's a brand new world, a brand new future mm-hmm. uh, with a pa- different past than what we have. Mm-hmm. So it can be whatever so, you want. 
So let's have a fight real quick. What is your favorite Star Trek? So I've only watched original and next gen. Okay. I like both of them for different reasons. So, I mean, I just, all I've heard is you haven't watched the best Star Trek, which is DS9. I started DS9. I did start DS9. And we can come back and you can have me on again to have this conversation. Followed by, as a side note for anybody who's out there, it's DS9 and then Lower Decks for me, because Lower Decks is amazing Star Trek. And if you're not watching Lower Decks, go watch Lower Decks. Yeah, I started DS9, but then I switched jobs so then I never finished it because I was watching go, go it while watch. I was working. Go, go watch all the DS9 because DS9 is good. I, I like DS9 for very direct reasons, mainly because it's the least Gene Roddenberry of all the Star Trek. Like, technology doesn't fix every problem on the station, and I love that about the show. Mm-hmm. And Cisco is also, like, one of the best well-written black positive male characters in a long time. So and he's got yeah. a lot of Wu-Tang in him. He's not to be fucked with. If you, if you push him, he will push back. And that's really good. No, I need to finish watching that. I also know there's, like, a ton after that that I need to watch, but I'm probably not going to to be completely fair. The only the only thing I recommend to get is Lower Decks. Lower Decks is if, if you're not familiar with what Lower Decks is, it's a cartoon. It is hilarious. It is it is Star Trek meta referential in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really well done. Like it's so well done. So so well done. It's hard not to to just appreciate it for being self-referential and like talking about silly things and continuity issues and all the stuff that comes along with like having so much Star Trek that makes sense you might like red shirts the book mm, mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that that's the only book i've read in like the last five years which is sad because i used to read so much but that's another thing i burnt myself out on big shock how do you, how do you one... know the rules do you just have the, the computer read the book to you or... well i mean completed a full book <laughs> is what i meant but yes you're like non-gaming book paul gah well just like sitting down and reading a book cover to cover like, mm-hmm. I used to do that a lot, and I, mm-hmm. five-ish years ago, I was, like, on a, I had a booktube channel on YouTube, and I read a lot, and I, I consumed, like, 116 books one year. I say consumed mm-hmm. because I read some of them, and I listened to some of them. Mm-hmm. I thought you which, ate some of them, actually, but yeah, Yes, I did. I ate them all. Nom, 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 nom. And I burnt myself out very quickly. And then I was introduced to podcasts because uh, that's about when I learned about Critical Role. And became mm-hmm. obsessed with that instead of hyper- that instead of reading and hyper-focused on that instead of audiobooks. But I did read Red Shirts and that was really fucking funny because basically the concept is the Red Shirts realize, wait a second, how come everybody with a blue shirt's always okay? The one yellow shirt guy gets really badly hurt and like is supposed to be dead with like this deadly plague but magically heals, but all the red shirt people die. What's going on here? And they start to like dive into it and it's like fourth wall breaking type shit sometimes. And I'm like, this is hilarious. I'll check it out. It is, I, it is I have, so funny. <laughs> I've been very book on tapey. Like, like, like audiobooks have been my jimmy jam because I used to drive a bunch. Mm-hmm. And those are great while driving. Just put one on and go. Yeah, I used to listen to them when I worked in my old job because it was boring, mind-numbing stuff that I did. So I didn't have to, like, mm-hmm. think very hard and just could listen to the audiobook while I was doing the mind-numbing shit. No thinky-thinky. Pretty much. But yeah, it, it was funny. Um, the other one that I enjoyed was um i read this a while ago but it was it was a next gen book and there was a trilogy i only read the first one but 
There was an episode in Next Gen where Data met his father and found out he had like a brother who was not a good person. And the book basically stayed behind with the father to show his side of the story. Mm -hmm. But then it would like show the scenes that were in the show or the movies where he met Data was back in the scene. So there was parts where it's like, oh, I remember watching this. And you get like excited mm-hmm. about that. But then you got to see the other side of the story, which was I thought was very entertaining to yeah. see what's happening in the background of the shows that you watch. If you like that too, like Timothy Zahn did something very similar with the new Thrawn series, not the original Hair to the Empire one that was like in Now and Leg- Legends, but like the one that came out. I don't, I, I am also a Star Wars nerd. And they reintroduced Thrawn, uh, who is the blue-skinned Chiss guy who was super cool in Rebels. And the Thrawn book series, like, takes place, parts of that book series take place during Rebels. So it, like, basically fills you in on when he's not on the TV show, being thwarted by kids, by kids' heroes. What he's actually doing, which is a lot of just dealing with high-level imperial politics and having arguments with people all the time about how dumb they're being. And it's just great. Like, I love every part of the fact that you're like, oh, no wonder he's slightly distracted and maybe this little group of ragtag rebels wins every once in a while against him. Oh, it's because he's distracted by internal politics and has to deal with stupid shit. Yeah. That he is not giving his full and undivided attention to, like, a ragtag crew of people. Like. This actually, so this brings me up to a thing that I wanted to do with a stream or podcast. So I wanted to have a show that is, like, the main, like, focus, like a long-term campaign that everybody is involved in. Uh, Not just like, I'm here to record and buy, but like everybody's involved in some form of way. But what I want to do, because I learned recently that I really enjoy background stuff. And in a game that I'm currently in, a Vampire the Masquerade 1985 New York game, we did a lot of side RP where we did text-based RP and did scenes from our past because we all have a history together. So instead of just talking it out and saying like, this is what happened, we literally RP'd it out to learn more about our characters. And I fell in love with that concept. And I really want to, when I do said show, to have the players be either willing to do like side RP stuff in text maybe, or do like little vignettes of like 10, 20 minute episodes where it's something that's not necessarily imperative to the story, but still something that would help bring the listeners closer to the characters. Mm-hmm. So like like a date scene or something, if there's like a couple yeah. in the group or if somebody says they have a kid or they had a kid, a scene with that, that is like a memory mm-hmm. of theirs. I think those just bring more life to the characters and then make the listeners even more involved and helps, like you said, explain what were they actually thinking, why they react the way they do, which aren't things that you would necessarily get if you just watched the main show. Mm-hmm. And I really, really want to do that because it just sounds like a lot of fun. I think that's the difference between a performative game and sitting around your table with some friends. Like, so if you're mm-hmm. presenting a product as a performative game, you want flashback scenes. You want things that tie the characters to the audience. Like That is a very different thing when you're like, hey, this is a podcast. that We, we might be playing a game in front of you, but that's a perform- this is a performative thing. You want you want you want the audience to know your character's background. You want to know the audience wants to know why you're taking an action, and that's really important. As opposed to, 
I'm playing around the table with my friends and my super dark backstory that nobody needs to know about how my parents died and I became a rogue. Like, none of, like, like okay, cool. You're, you're, you're classic edgy rogue 103. But when you're doing something performative, it's a very different scenario. You want the audience to know, hey, I'm not edgy rogue number 103 because my parents died. I'm edgy rogue number 103 because... Uh, my parents died in the plague, and my dog, which was the last thing I ga they gave to me, was this. And then all of a sudden, some people killed my dog, and I went all John Wick. And that's why I'm edgy rogue 103. Like, there's more connections there. I think yeah. that's also, like, like I think that's, like, like, when we talk about things like that, we're what? We're about to be four movies into the John Wick series, and the premise of that series is, this dude's dog died. Like, that is the premise of the first movie. I haven't seen John Wick. <laughs> Go watch John Wick. It's like a it's it's a it's an older film series. I'm sorry, I ruined all of John Wick for you. I really no. I I know that. the concept of it, but mm -hmm. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> Go watch it. It's it's to quote some people. It's it's Keanu Reeves playing Call of Duty on the easiest setting, where he just runs around and headshots everyone. Interesting. But it but it is fun and effective and does some really cool world building when it comes to like secret underground second like. Because there's that urban fantasy trope of, like, a secret world that only some people are part of, and it does that with, like, this hitman culture. It does this, like, this this hyper-violent, like, assassin culture has a secondary world that takes place that other pe that, that, that the normal person is unaware of. Yeah. I And I think that's, that's also interesting. It, and I like shows who do that, because I know that they don't do it a lot, but on 2000 Tales in our weird web show, occasionally... So we, we stream it, and then that ep episode will be split into two episodes. So the before break and then after break episode. But in the edited podcast version, things are added to it that weren't part of the story. So there might be a scene about what's happening with the boss or the main bad guy or something like that. And the only way to know what's going on is if you actually go listen to that. So you could watch the, sh the podcast or watch the stream mm -hmm. and then listen to the podcast and get two completely different vibes because the mm -hmm. the the stream is more we get very silly sometimes in the stream even though there's a lot of serious moments mm -hmm. season four right now though is ridiculously silly because mm. all of our characters a lot basically we're being fought over by two very powerful beings and mm -hmm. they decided we needed to make a decision with a non-biased opinion so our mm -hmm. histories were rewritten and we were put into new lives basically and we have to slowly find out what's happening and re-remember things and make a decision in the future on whose side we're going to go with but all future. of our stories are very ironic mm -hmm. so like my character karen who was a 1990s goth grunge demon who sold her soul to save her sister became a very power hungry person when she lost her wife when the fates merged she became a just a normal person basically in this season, she is a preppy person who acts like her wife, which she doesn't know, and she doesn't remember anything like that, and she's not an angry person, but as the story is progressing, she's starting to get some of those old feelings back as she's getting more and more annoyed with the people around her, but she's like the first scene was the first episode was so fucking funny because they're like, let's go through a day with Kay Woods, not Karen. <laughs> Barlow, but mm -hmm. Kay Woods. Mm -hmm. What is that like? And it's like, oh god, this hurts. <laughs> she went from like this goth girl to like this beige neutrality, live, laugh, love. <laughs> of course, she starts her day off with her pumpkin spice latte, as it does mm -hmm. every day. 
She started her day off with yoga, mm-hmm. and then got some pumpkin spice latte. Yoga and yoga, and then a juice cleanse, and then finally around noon, her first pumpkin spice. No, she had 8 a.m. classes to go to because you have to start the day off right, you know, to get those things done out of the way in the morning. And then she went to book club after taking a jog. And then she picked up her kids from soccer. She was, it's just like, it like physically was hurting me to play this character the first day. I'm like, oh my God, why? Ah, gross. I hate it. I hate everything about this. It's called role play. All right. You have to expand your horizons, Nikki. I did. I am. I'm playing her. It doesn't mean I'm like, ah, gross. Live, laugh, love posters. Disgusting. But yeah, so it's just was funny. And like, as she as she realizes or starts to learn more, they're like, you remember Rosemary? She's like, who's that? Which was her wife. And they're like, oh, God, it's worse than I thought. And it's like, okay, well, you have to get angry, right? Like, you, you get angry all the time. You used to yell at so-and-so. I, like, I, I don't lose my temper, actually. Like, I'm pretty calm-headed. I, I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. They're like, who are you? <laughs> I am one with the universe thanks to yoga. All right. Like I meditate a lot. Um, I just I like to stay calm and collected, you know. And um, I'm talking to a cat. I think those mushrooms were hallucinogenic. I should call that that uh, diner and tell them that their mushrooms are hallucinogenic. I should not message is therapist. Message is therapist. Who's who's King Oberon? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny. I don't remember why I started on that tangent, but that's whatever. It's fine. We're fine. Everything is fine here. Everything is fine here. So before we end the episode, where can people find you and your things that you do? They can't. I'm hidden because I'm running from the government. No, um, you can find me periodically on Twitter posting about where I'm at. You can also find it pretty much soon on the uh, Apocrymatic Unlimited website, which will have all the staff members, like, bios up there going up weekly. So, you know, new content, content, content. You can also get in touch with me through Discord. So you can put my Discord handle somewhere when you put this up on on the podcast. And that's really the two places to get in touch with me. I am usually up for helping and showing up and playing something in somebody's game, especially if it's going to be a brown person that makes white people uncomfortable. I I like to specialize in angry, militant brown people that are like, but I didn't want to do anything. They can also find you on RTO. I was going to get to that as well. Like You can also find me on RTO, which everybody should check, check out RTO. Uh, it's super awesome and super fun. We had, a, we had a great slow burn, so you're introduced to a lot of these characters. You will probably not like my character at first. He becomes much more likable as his backstory is revealed. Like an onion. He's got layers. He is not an ogre, though. Let's see. You can find me on High Shelf Collective here shortly. I believe going into the month of January, I'll be running some Lancer for them. You'll find me on the upcoming Cyberpunk podcast with you. You can find me, I think, actually, no, I, I, I was going to say you could find me on Boss Caravan, but that, that, that one will have already run by the time this pod, the, the show comes out. So I will, you'll not, I will have been on Lost Caravan, so that'll, that'll be a thing. But yeah, those are kind of the places you can find me. I, I, I do run around on the internet. Yeah. And if you want to watch some of the DMing that he has done, you listen to... Escape from Aslan on Weave the Tale, which is on their YouTube mm-hmm. channel still. And you can listen to the cyberpunk game that will hopefully be airing at some point in January <laughs> on YouTube. Just four episodes. It'll be on Chaotic Wonderful, though. So go check that out. And that's going to be video video hey. versions. See my face. Yeah. And that was a fun game. But both Shadowrun games, and those are fun. Mm-hmm. I do Shadowrun fairly well. It's not my favorite thing to run, but I think I have a good grasp on the game. 
Nikki hits people with lightning in one of those two games. We'll have to watch both of them to find out which one she hits people with lightning on. Mm-hmm. Also suffocated someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, you were in on Weave the Tale, which I don't think is on YouTube, but hopefully soon it will be on YouTube. I was on a handful of stuff on Weave the Tale for a while. So you can find... What you, 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 that you, I ran? Pine Pass. Pine Pass Pine Chronicles. Pass. You can find yep. it on Pine Pass Chronicles where I DM'd mm-hmm. for Paul instead. Mm-hmm. And that was chaotic as fuck, at least for two of the episodes. <laughs> well, that's because we set everything on fire. That's because the standard mode of operandi was to set stuff on fire. Let's be stealthy. No, let's set everything on fire. <laughs> we did not okay. build stealth characters. I, I felt no. we just built chaotic characters that were chaotic. And it was yep. fun. And and things happened. And I will not ruin what happens. Yes. So go check all those things out. Those will be in the links in the description down below. And definitely check out the zine when it comes out. If I'm reminded, I will put it in the oh, description you'll be reminded. You'll when be it comes reminded. out officially in march so go follow them wherever they can be followed in social media we can be followed on the twitters we can be followed on the instagrams i believe as well there's a website yeah so we're 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 kicking it in full gear on all the places on the interwebs and awesome and you can find me on beholder to no one on twitter um or wherever social media is really i'm on a bunch of them now that i'm not really active on but they exist. If you want to see more about my personal life, I do have an Instagram that is beholder to no one technically, but I really just post selfies. So you could go look at those, I guess, if you want. Um, you can also find me on Chaotic Wonderful and 2000 Tales. So Chaotic Wonderful, I don't know what is being aired yet for this year because I haven't decided yet. But uh, for 2000 Tales on Tuesdays, you can find me in a mask theme playing Showstopper, a very self-centered superstar character who is slowly learning that she does need to work with her team in order to be a good superhero. And also may be getting power hungry because I might have a problem playing characters that are power hungry. And nope, on nope, Fridays... Nope. No, why would you say that? That's that's not a problem. That's, an, that's ambition, all right? And on Fridays, um, for at least a couple more weeks at the time, I think this might be our finale this week, actually. I will be in a Monster of the Week game with on 2000 Tales role-playing on YouTube, and I will be playing Karen for the mid-season finale. Then we will take a six-week break and then come back for six weeks, and then we have one more season after that for 12 more episodes. You got episodes. You got, you got episodes. There's stuff. There's stuff to watch. Um... But that's all I'm in because I stepped away from a lot of things. So I used to list like seven fucking things for the week. And it's like, you could tell me on all of these things this week. But no, because uh, today, actually, on the day this is being released, I started a new job. So I'm busy now. <laughs> I got I got 40 hour work week now. Mm-hmm. Working wiki, 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 wiki weeks. <laughs> but that's all we have for you today. Keep being awesome. We'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to let you know that this episode was edited by Matt over at Walsh Animation. They are part of the Table Party podcast, and I wanted to give a little bit of a shout out to them, especially because Matt has been such a freaking lifesaver when it comes to editing the discussion episodes recently. So please listen to this ad for Table Party podcast and go check them out and make sure you give them some love. Thanks. What makes Table Party different from other tabletop podcasts? The music. The setting. The characters. The gore. A bunch of different games. The refreshing coldness of ice cream. The 300-foot-tall squid named Delilah. The dice rolls. The horrifying body horror. The aroma. The suffering of my players. Dairy Queen Blizzards. 
the luxurious plush texture. The free coupons. Bad decisions. And who can we expect? I'm Kelsey. I'm Matt. I'm Gabe. I'm Walsh. I'm Chris. Welcome to the table party. 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 Welcome to the table party.